Hey, thanks everyone. Um, yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, just good, isn't it? it? Josh was saying it was a great time on Tuesday just to be together and um, people praying and fasting together and that time and mark those dates, March the 1st and the 18th. And, and God's already doing stuff uh, amongst us and there's testimonies popping up all over the place. And this morning in the, in the AM site, it was just great. Uh, testimonies of healing. Um, one man who'd uh, been totally blind 12 months ago, walking his way to the front. It looked perfectly all right to me and testifying to healing uh, of, you know, restoration of sight. Um, there was Tosin, um, Madhupu Oje, testifying about a pressure cooker blowing up in her face, being told by the doctors that her pigmentation wouldn't take a year to come back. And there she was, just looking perfectly normal. Um, Judith's here tonight. We prayed apostolic team on Monday just prayed for her mother who had a clot on her lung, a blood clot on her lung and the doctors were all concerned about it. The next day, was it Judith? The next day the clot had completely gone and Judith took her mother shopping on Saturday or whenever, one day this week, took her mother shopping. We heard as well from Ify, you know, Emeka and Ify, Ify just in conversation led someone to the Lord this week. Um, and Yatunde Kofo's wife popped up to testify as well. She'd done the same thing. Uh, just in conversation. So, praise God, there's good things happening. God's really good. God's really good. And these are days of breakthrough. And these are days of blessing for us to enter into. And do and you know what? It's wonderful what God's done in your life. Put your hand up if you're a Christian. If you're a believer, you believe Jesus has risen from the dead. You know what the Bible says? Let me just read it to you. That you, don't you know, all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. We were de- buried with the crucified king in order that we, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God, we too may walk in newness of life. And there's newness of life, there's resurrected life for each one of us to walk in. The cross is absolutely wonderful. The death of Jesus is fantastic, but there's something better. It's the resurrection of Jesus. Richard, the last two times he spoke, spoke about Christ, the the, the crucified king, and Christ, the resurrected king. And it's wonderful news. We proclaim resurrection. We don't have a Jesus stuck to a cross in this church building. We believe Jesus is alive, and also we believe that the resurrected king has resurrected us. God just robbed your grave the moment you became a Christian. The great grave robber robbed your grave. Just say to someone next to you, God robbed my grave. Pat them on on their own in the front or behind you. Just say, God has robbed my grave. And my grave is empty because I've been raised to newness of life. I was co-crucified, co-risen with him. And, you know, because... Jesus died the last time I preached. I preached about Jesus being Lord of my relationships. Even as he was being crucified on the cross, what did he teach us? He taught us how to forgive and forget. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive and forget rather than revenge and regret. And Jesus is alive today, and that means he's not just Lord of my relationships, that's what the crucified king talked about, but because he's alive today, he is Lord of my time. Because as I've been raised to newness of life, my time now is completely different. Because Jesus, 1 Corinthians 15, 40, is the first fruits of those that rise from the dead. Because he's the first fruits, it means I now live in a different time span. Yeah, Jesus is Lord of my time. Wondering what you're all looking at there. But yeah, uh, he's Lord of my time. And my time now is different. I've been raised to a new quality of life. In this body, I may or may not uh, perish in the sense 
sense that if in the normal course of things, it's a, I'm born and I'm going to die. Yeah? It's appointed unto man wants to die, and woman as well. But there's a, a resurrection life because we've already received, in terms of the quality of life that we have, life that we share with God. The life of Christ in us is resurrection life. And because the resurrected king has resurrected you, there's something that you know is going to go on and on and on. Even if this body dies, there's life eternal. Uh, and, and in the meantime, in this body, each day that we live, we are given life. Today is a gift. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's cliche to say it, but, but, but um, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Imagine you had a bank account. Some of you might say, I do have a bank account. But imagine you had a bank account like this. Not Santander 123 or HSBC, but it was a really special bank account. And just for one week of your life, only one week, into that bank account was put at 12.01 a.m. each day, um, was put um, 84,600 pounds. Just for one week, every day. But there's a catch to it. What you didn't spend by midnight, you, you lost. Okay? Only for one week, limited time. Got the rest of your life ahead of you, but just got this one week. I know what you'd do because I know some of you. <laughs> I went shopping with Philippa yesterday to the Trafford Centre. I know what you'd do. Uh, you'd just go spend, 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 and you'd think, wow, this one week, because I want to make the most of this one week, because while I've got this £84,600 coming in every week, every day, I, I need to spend it because I know next week I won't have this opportunity. And you'd spend like mad. Uh, and, and, and um, you know, I want to tell you something. You actually do have an account like that. It's not a money account, but it's a time account. Because each day, you are given, in 24 hours, 84,600 seconds. <laughs> uh, and you're given this time, and it isn't for a week. Hopefully, it'll be longer than for a week. We don't know how long we've got, but we know there's a limited time. And the way we spend our time affects... As believers, I'm talking to Christians tonight. If you're not a Christian, you confess Jesus as Lord of your life and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and you will be saved and you can become a Christian tonight. So I'm talking to believers. The way you spend the next, I don't know how long I've got. A day, a year, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, I don't know. But the rest of your time on this planet, in this body, affects, we're going to see the Bible tells us, affects the rewards, and what we have in eternity. As believers, if we're all believers and we believe Jesus is Lord and he's raised from the dead and we've confessed him as Lord, then we're saved. But in that sense, it's all level ground and God loves us all the same. But it's not level ground in terms of the reward that you have for eternity. There are different rewards. The Bible makes it absolutely clear. There are different rewards. What, what the Bible teaches is the way I invest what I've given today, those 84,600 seconds a day for however many years it is, that that affects 
the way it will be for me for eternity. Paul, in 1 Corinthians, when he's writing to the Corinthians, he describes two sorts of believers. And he talks about um, superficial, people who live superficial, superficial believers, people who live superficially. And he talks about authentic believers. And the way he describes it is like this. He says, the way you're building can be uh, you're either building in a superficial way with things that are very surface. You find on the surface like wood, hay, stubble. And you can look great. You can look wonderful very quick, very easy. You always take the shortcuts. It can look good. And then there's other people, he says, who are more authentic and they go for materials the way they build their lives that are harder to find and require a bit more effort to get. Things like gold and silver and precious stones. Things that you don't find on the surface. Things that are deep. And so he says, and then he goes on in 1 Corinthians uh, 3 and says, it doesn't matter what sort of believer you are, whether you're a, a superficial sort of person or an authentic deep person, everyone will have what they've built tested and tried in a coming day of judgment that's coming to all believers. And, and, and he says this, every workman who's built on the foundation, 1 Corinthians 3.14, who's built on the foundation with the right materials and whose work still stands will get his pay. But if the house he has built burns up, he'll have a great loss. He himself or herself, will be saved, but like a man or woman escaping through a wall of flames. So there's eternal life is still ahead. You're still a believer, but you've lost your reward because you've faffed around in this life and you didn't invest your time wisely. I want to bring us to a place tonight where we all say uh, that Jesus isn't just Lord of my relationships. He's not just Lord of my life, but he's Lord of my time. And the way I'm going to spend my time, I want to invest my time wisely. Because Jesus says it as well. It's not just Paul in Matthew 12, 36. Jesus says, I tell you, everyone, that includes all of us here, everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment. Paul says the same thing in Romans 14, 12. So each of us will give an account of ourselves on the day of judgment. You know, when you begin to realize the way I live this short life affects eternity, you begin to live more wisely and you begin to make good decisions as you say, Jesus, I so, so want you to be Lord of my time. I don't want to make bad decisions. I don't want to faff around. I don't want to waste time. I want you to be Lord of my time. You see, when you actually come to the place where you say, Jesus, you're Lord of my time, something happens within you. And there's an awareness of the fact that the resurrected king has resurrected you, causes you to live in awareness, a greater awareness of the resurrection life. You begin to realize, way I'm living now, it's not just for this age, it's not just for this time, it's for eternity that's ahead of me. It gives you such wisdom, it gives you such a perspective on life that changes everything about you when you realize it doesn't matter if I go through trials or persecution or whatever happens to me because I know eternity is ahead of me. You read the New Testament letters and you realize the early believers, the early church, they had this perspective so much built into them by the apostles. It's not about this life only, guys. It's about what's to come for eternity. We need to recapture some of that and say, Jesus, you're Lord of my time. I want this eternal perspective. 
Paul writes in Ephesians 5, 14. And um, he actually quotes a hymn which some people say is based on Isaiah 60. But he quotes a hymn and he says, this is why it said, Wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Just say to the person next to you, wake up, O sleeper. And then the very next verse, the very next verse, he says this. Listen carefully. He said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, resurrection life. Next verse, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity for the days are evil. Resurrected king has resurrected me. Wake up, O sleeper. Be careful how you live. Making the most of every opportunity. Eternal life. Resurrection life. The resurrected king that Richard preached about has resurrected you. So... Make good use of your time. Um, the more literal translation in the Greek here is of making the most of every opportunity is redeeming the time. Now, in Greek, there are two words for time. And this one here, redeeming the time, is the Greek word kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S, transliterated. It is kairos. Uh, and there's another Greek word for time, which is chronos, C-H-R-O-N-O-S. Chronos time is talking just about the passage of time. It's why some of us, Jack, have got grey hairs. I'll, uh, come over here quick. Um, don't think that went down too well, but never mind. Uh, it did, it was okay. We're all right, aren't we, Jack? Yeah, yeah thanks. Whew, okay. Do we need to break bread and pray to get... No, we're all right. Um, uh, uh, so, 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 so some of us have got grey hairs because chronos is just time that ticks on and goes on and on and on and on. It goes just psh, time. Psh, okay? Everybody say psh. You've got it. That's time, chronos time. But then there's another word, this other word, kairos, which is a set period of time, a time that has a beginning and an end. And it's that time that we uh, should make the most of, it says. Uh, and that time is sometimes translated as opportunity. So as we have opportunity in Galatians 6 verse 10, it says, as we have opportunity, as we have kairos, let's do good to everybody, especially those who are in the church community, to the family of believers. Um, so in this life, do you understand what you're in? Kronos is ticking by and you've been given a kairos. Your life is kairos time, every single day of your life. I've heard some wonderful preaching about this is a kairos moment. And, and, and hey, okay, great preaching, preaches better than me. But you know what? Your life is a whole, all of your life, if I understand the Bible right, all of life is a kairos time. And you have opportunity, every day is a kairos day. Every day is an opportunity to do 10,000 steps, yes. Every opportunity, and I'm only waving my hands about, every opportunity is, is, every day is an opportunity to use your time really well. Um, you see, it's fixed. It's fixed, I'm sorry, but it's a fixed time. Psalm 31, verse 15, the psalmist says, my times are in your hands. And then again, the psalmist um, in Psalm 90, verse 12 says this, 
Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What does he mean there? Does he mean we should try and work out exactly how many? I don't think so. I think it means teach us to number our days. Teach us to realize that this life in this body doesn't go on forever. And that there's something, a reward that's coming on in eternal life. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to have this eternal perspective. This life is not it. There's something greater. This life is just a tiny, tiny percentage of what you, you're going to experience. In fact, it's, it's nothing compared to eternity. You can count the days. Go and look at a graveyard and you can count the, gra- the days that people live in this life. They're numbered. Teach us to number our days. Numbered days are what we're living in right now. But eternity, you cannot number the days that are to come. Innumerable days. Uh, and... Jesus himself uses the word kairos when comparing the time, this life to eternity. When Peter, it seems to me Peter's been having a bit of a moan. And he's saying to Jesus, don't you know in Mark 10, uh, he, he says to Jesus, don't you know we've left homes, we've left mothers, we've left fathers, we've left gardens, we've left everything to follow you, Jesus. And what does Jesus say? Mark 10, 30, he, he says, anyone... Uh, you know, who, who has done that, he can't fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present kairos, in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, along with persecutions, let's keep it real, and in the age to come, eternal life. Kairos time, age to come, eternal time. Do you get it? Uh, every day, for us can be a wonderful opportunity to enjoy the resurrected life of God, knowing that we can invest our time wisely, not as unwise, making the most of every opportunity, knowing that what we do will bring reward for future eternity. Uh, Do you understand? Jesus is Lord of your time. When Jesus is Lord of your time, every day can be the best day of your life. Tonight can be the best evening of your life. When Jesus is Lord of your time. There's a song, beautiful song, says, By your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. Lord of my time. Jesus, you're Lord of my time. It means I am awake to his presence. I know he's alive because I'm living in a confident expectation that I will have encounter after encounter with the resurrected king. If you haven't got that resurrection expectation, if you haven't got that resurrection life, wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Two disciples, you're all right. If you say, well, I don't feel there's over resurrected kings with me. You're all right. Some of the disciples didn't have it. In Luke 24... Cleopas and that disciple whose name we never get to know were walking along on the road to Emmaus. And what happened? There they are walking along the road and suddenly the resurrected king, Jesus, in bodily form is walking alongside them. And something absolutely tragic happens. It was recorded in the Bible in Luke 24, 16. It's put like this. They did not realize that he was with them. They did not realize who it was. Cleopas and the unnamed friend. How dreadful of you. How awful. Come on. They're not the only ones. 
Do you know, Jesus has said that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you know if you're a Christian, God the Holy Spirit already lives within you. The Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Resurrection life is in you. How many times, be honest, is there anybody here that could put their hand up? And I've always, always been conscious of that. No, we can be sleeping Christians, sleepwalking through life without understanding, just like Cleopas and the friend, the resurrected king is with me, he's in me. Let's wake up and say, Jesus, be Lord of my time because I don't want to spend another moment, another day walking to Emmaus, walking to Manchester, going to Bolton in the car or wherever it is I go to work. I don't want to spend another day without realizing that you are with me everywhere I go. I want your resurrection life. I want to come alive to your presence. I want to come alive to the truth, the reality that you live with me and you are alive. You see, if you don't live in that expectation of feeling the presence of a resurrected king, you can fail to make the most of every opportunity. And moments can pass you by where there's opportunity in them. I worked in Congo for, 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 for 10 years in the middle of a little village in, in the middle of Congo. And Philippa came and lived next door to me. I fell in love. And um, for a whole year, I was in love and never said to Philippa, I never let on. Kept my feelings to myself, never spoke out the truth. She was my next door neighbor. She was a teacher in the school where I was the headmaster. I used to go and inspect her lessons more than any other teachers and stick my head from everything all right. You need some chalk, look after her. And then sort of after a year in Congo, it came time when she suddenly started talking about she was going to come back to England to a Bible school in Bradford and do a summer course. Hmm, I thought, that'll do her good. And then, as time went on, I began to hear stories about this summer school. There were loads of single men. <laughs> on the sun oh, Somebody even told me about this Norwegian hunk of a guy, six foot six, who went out in the forest, chopping down trees, chopping them up, his own firewood, having his own little log cabin shot wild boars, roasted them, did all sorts of things. And I thought, whoa, hang on, Dave, it's time for you to make the most of every opportunity. <laughs> we're driving on, it's actually got to the point where I was driving her to the airport for her to fly off to this Bible school full of single men. Muggins is, what am I doing? Something happened and we had to come back. That's another story. But I was driving back, and there was a little detour where you came off the main road over bumpy traffic, no tarmac or anything, just bouncing along. And I remember my mouth went dry. I got very, very nervous because I wasn't sure what she'd say. And I said to her, Philip, do, do, do you know I really like you? And my voice went high, and I wasn't sure what response I'd get. And she came back and said, well, I've heard that you do, but I've never heard you say it. Uh, uh, and I quickly moved on to, well, what do you think? I'm just getting away. But it, by, by the next day, it took a day, by the next day, I managed to say, I love you. And, and uh, or two days, was it? Maybe two days. It took, let's not exaggerate this. But what happened? Wake up, O oh sleeper, and rise from the dead, making the most of every opportunity. 
Now, I'm serious. I really believe that was a God moment when I allowed Jesus to be Lord of my time, living in resurrection life, telling Philippa I really liked, well, asking her if she liked me uh, as well, and, and, or if she knew I liked her. But, but, but come on, we can all remember life-changing moments when you rose from the dead and Jesus was Lord of your time. That moment when you first gave your life to Jesus was a life-changing moment, a resurrection moment. Uh, the first time you woke up to the love of God. The first time you, you, you woke up and you were baptized in water. When you woke up and you were baptized in the person and power of God, the Holy Spirit. You woke up and you, in, that, in that connect group meeting and people were praying and you, your mouth went dry because you'd never ever voiced a prayer out loud before. But then you did it and said, Jesus, I love you too. And you, you spoke, you blurted it out, and you did something. A life-changing moment. That, that moment when you first prayed for a sick person, you weren't sure what would happen. And you were amazed because they were healed. That moment when, when, you, when you, you woke up and you realized that God was in the room with you when you were just praying and reading your Bible. That moment when you were listening to a worship CD and you just felt this is not just music. It's something of the Spirit of God coming into my spirit and making me alive. I thought, this is it. I'm getting it now. This is what makes them all jump and sing and dance and, and clap their hands and lift their hands in the air. It's the life, the resurrection life of Jesus coming into me. And I became alive. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. Jesus is Lord of your life. When he's Lord of your life and Lord of your time, you discern moments. As people in 1 Chronicles 12 verse 32 goes through all the different tribes. And it talks about the men and women of Issachar who understood the times and knew what to do. They had something of a, a different perspective to other people around them. I believe that you know, God wants all of us, God, especially in this time of prayer and fasting, but to go on beyond that, for us to be people who understand the times, there's something to do. That there's a Holy Spirit-born wisdom that, wow, I understand what it is I've got to do. I understand what's happening. I can see things in a spiritual way. I don't just look at what's happening physically. I can see into a spiritual realm. I'm discerning what's going on. Come on, we need to discern the times. We all have different moments in life. We have sad moments. We have bad moments. We have dark moments. We have puzzling moments. We have moments of inspiration. We have moments when perhaps after dreams have died or gone into obscurity, moments where the dream Dreams take wings and begin to live again. We've got moments of utter despair that we know we experience in our life. But there's no doubt in our mind, in my mind, that our lives are made up of strategic moments when we discern with the eyes of the Spirit, this is what is happening. This is what is going on here. Um, see, when Jesus is Lord of our time, it means we can discern moments, God-given moments of encouragement. There's a wonderful verse in Isaiah 27, and it just it isn't one we read very often, but it's the Lord talking about a vineyard, a physical vineyard, grapes growing. And it says this, every moment I water it. Um, I want to say, you are more valuable than a vineyard to him. So much more valuable to a vineyard than a vineyard. And, and do you understand if he waters a vineyard every moment, don't you think when you are discouraged, when you're feeling despair, when you're feeling down, that he wants to water you? 
in that moment and bring encouragement to you. How sad if he's watering you, if he's giving you encouragement and you fail to discern the moment because you've never confessed him as Lord of your time. Uh, you, you, you know, don't miss the moment. Today is a Kairos day. Every day is a Kairos day. Today can be the best day of your life. Today is a day brimming with opportunity, with eternal significance. There's encouragement coming to you, even through the foolishness of preaching. God wants to encourage you tonight. Do you remember Elijah in, in, in 1 Kings 18? Prophets of Baal set up an altar on Mount Carmel and uh, put the sacrifice on. And Elijah sets up an altar with a sacrifice. The prophets of Baal start calling out to their false god Baal, saying, Baal, answer us. Baal, come and send fire on this altar. And Elijah's there. He's all cocky and smug. And he says, perhaps, you, perhaps he's gone to the toilet, your God. Uh, and this is what he says. Uh, uh, you know, or, or, or perhaps he's asleep. Try, you know, they're shouting louder, cutting themselves, screaming and shouting. Nothing happens. Isaiah, for his sacrifice, for, um, um, Elijah, for his sacrifice, has water poured all over it, calls down fire. Fire comes burns up the sacrifice the prophets of Baal are, are slotted <laughs> and done away with and, and, and all great victory and then Queen Jezebel says something I'm after him what does Elijah do he runs away runs for his life goes and hides under a broom tree and says oh Lord take my life I want to die we'll talk about ups and downs and, and, and but what happens God waters the moment God waters that moment and an angel comes and, and, and Elijah goes to the, and an angel comes to him, gives him a cake and a drink and says, come on, uh, you know, have that cake. And, 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 and there it is, cake baked, baked on coals but in a jar of water. He ate and drank and in the strength of that supernatural food, he went on for 40 days. Uh, there are moments when Jesus is Lord of our time and we're, assert, we're saying every moment, Lord, is a, is a God moment. Every moment for me, your Lord, your Lord, your Lord. There are moments when you will discern his encouragement coming to you. It might not be that an angel physically brings you a cake. It might be, as I said, preaching. It might be prophetic word. It might be something, a song that you hear. hear. Uh, it might be something that, that God speaks to you in all sorts of ways. But you know God is speaking and he's bringing encouragement to me. Seize the encouragement because you need it. We need it. Seize the encouragement. And, and, and you can know that there are moments when you move out of depression and, into, uh, and out of negativity and into positivity. Out of depression and into joy. Something supernatural happens. And, and we find that as Jesus says, when he says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Wow, that's me. I'm laboring. I'm heavy laden. Feel as if I've got a weight of the world on my shoulder. Come to me, Jesus says, and take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, you know, just hand your troubles over to him and accept his lordship. Lord of your time. God gives resurrection life because he wants us to keep on going. He doesn't want us giving up. Can we look at the picture uh, that I've got there? That there's sometimes, you know, you can, you can be prayed and prayed and prayed and fasted and you're almost at the point of breakthrough. There's times when you, you, you work at, at kid, you know, with kids' work or you, you know, you're witnessing to that friend and you've tried and you've prayed and prayed. You're praying for someone who's sick and you keep on praying and it feels as if you're almost there but you, I'm not. And you give up and you turn away. We're just one more prayer. One more witnessing to that person. One more 
praying, one more speaking out, one more carrying on with the VIP nights, one more go at Alpha, one more go at, at whatever it is that God's calling you to do brings the breakthrough. Don't give up. Galatians 6 verse 9, let's never grow weary while doing good. For in due season, at the right kairos, at the right moment, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Never ever give up. Keep on going. If Jesus is Lord of your time, you know that the time you invest for doing works of service for him will reap a reward. You sow and you reap. You see... Keep investing time wisely. It's great to have God-given dreams, but whatever you do, don't become a charismatic daydreamer, dreaming your life away. Winston Churchill, he said, some people dream of success while others wake up and work hard at it. When will we understand? If we're not working hard, we probably don't care about what we're working at. Never stop giving it all, your all. Uh, do you understand? The Lord is watching over you. Tonight, he's watching over you. He's wanting to water your every moment and see blessing on you. He loves it when you do good to others and he doesn't want you to give up. When Jesus is Lord of my time, it means I have a perspective on life. That means I have a plan for my life. What should I do with my life, you say? Don't ask. Whatever you do, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive. In resurrection life. Because what the world really needs is believers like you and me doing what makes us come alive. The resurrection of life of Christ being shared in this world. This is what I made, was made for. This is what gets me going. This is what really blesses me. I'm going to do it. Some of you here, I, I, I don't know you all, perhaps you might be in your final year of your degree, you might be finishing a master's, you might be finishing a PhD or whatever. Don't waste, don't waste your 20s deciding what to do with your life. Get a career, work hard at a job, earn money, buy a flat, buy a house. Uh, and, and if he says to you, go and live in the middle of Africa, go do it and abandon all that. But your default mold is, I, I'm, I'm working at something. I'm doing something with my life. And in the absence of something very clear and grand and spectacular, I'm just going to get on with life and I'm going to work hard at it. I'm going to work hard at my degree. I'm going to work hard at, at getting on and doing something. And, and, you know, commit to something. Commit to a plan. Don't be scared of committing to a career. Don't be scared of committing to a wife, to a husband, to having children. Get on with life. Commit to something. Uh, commit to a plan where he's Lord of your time. Let's put an end to the commitment crisis that, that dogs uh, so much of, of, of life in, 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 in people in their 20s today. Let's say, no, I'm going for it. I'm pursuing something with all my heart. I'm going to plan to prosper. In all that you do with Jesus as Lord of your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, and right into old age. I want to speak to those who are a little bit older. Be careful where I look. <laughs> but uh, figures show that people age 65 today, men age 65, can expect to live another 19 years. And women, another 21 years. That's just natural course of events. I want to say, don't stop planning because you're getting old. Don't start saying, well, I'm reaching an age now where I need to just be thinking about retirement plans and whatever. Have a retirement plan, as Georgian Banoff says. Not a retirement plan. Um, you know, uh, don't plan for dependency from others. Plan for generosity towards others. 
Um, I was talking to my Ben yesterday, and he's at the moment living at home, just for this year, he's living at home, and he's not paying rent. But we had a little bit of a discussion, discussion, um, because he's paying for Sky Sports and for Apple Music on the, on the, on the Sonos speakers and everything. And, um, and he's saying, I pay £33, I pay £33 a month. I said, Ben, that's really cheap. I hope you look after me when I'm... You know, when I, need, when I need looking after, you'll let me live with you for £33 a month. Uh, and then I felt God telling me, no, Dave, don't plan like that. Don't plan for dependency, plan for generosity. That actually, Ben, I'll be, still be looking after you till the day I die. Because I want to be generous. I want to be giving to my children. I want to carry on. And I know there's an argument for them. Yeah, I don't. But you know what I mean. Just let's plan that we're always going to be generous people. You know, perhaps you're listening and you say, Dave... You've really depressed me now because I know I've wasted years. Haven't we all? We've wasted time. Um, and I want to tell you some good news. The resurrected king wants to redeem the wasted years. We all make mistakes. We've all used time badly. The first time I went out to Philippus, as I'm telling you this story, to Congo, we could have traveled out to South Africa and driven on a nice tarmac road together for five days from South Africa up to Congo, stopping in nice hotels along the way. I am sure, and we've often said this, if we'd have done that, instead I decided to, you go by plane, I'm going to do the macho thing and go cross-country, six-day journey across Congo uh, on my own. And... and we are sometimes look, if we'd have only done that, done the journey where we travelled together, perhaps it wouldn't have taken a year for me to have said to her, because we'd just been the two of us in the car alone the whole time, perhaps I might have blurted it out somehow, do you know, I really like you. <laughs> uh, and, and so we said, ooh, was it a wasted year? Was it, wasn't it? Who cares? The, the, um, it, it all ended up okay in the end, but, but the Lord redeemed the wasted years. Yeah. You know, but in the end, for all of us, we only regret the chances we didn't take. The relationships we were afraid to have. The decisions we waited too long to make. Have you wasted your time? The Lord wants to redeem your wasted time. He gives resurrected life to your calling. The people of Israel, the Jews were once taken into exile in Babylon. Taken away. They came back. They were allowed to come back. Zerubbabel and some others came back and they started building the temple. And in Ezra chapter 4, we read about um, the work on the house of God. It ceased and it was discontinued. Why? Because of opposition, because of persecution. And for 10 years, nothing happened. The foundations were there. The walls had started. And nothing happened for 10 years. And then in Ezra 5, 10 years had gone by. Has the call ended? Does that mean it's all over for those people? They've wasted years. They've wasted 10 years. Surely God's anger is against them. But no, what happens is we read the prophets Haggai and Zechariah come and, and, and they prophesied to them and they said to them that it's time for you to build. And we read in Ezra chapter 5 how they rose up under the leadership of Zerubbabel as the prophets prophesied. So they rose up and said, we're going to get this job done. And they got it done in record time. To hear the word of the Lord. Those of you who say, I've wasted 10 years. I've wasted 20 years. I've wasted a year, three years. Hear the word of the Lord. It, your calling is still there. The promise of God on your life. For some of you, it's into leadership, in church leadership. God says the call is still there. You're not disqualified. The call has never gone away. It's still there. God's still calling you. Uh, you see, the promise isn't back on, the promise 
is still on. It was never off, says the Lord. His promises to you are still there. Um, you know, in the book of Joel, we read about uh, a, a locust, an army of locusts coming and eating. And there was, in Joel chapter 1, it's devastation. Wow, these locusts have not eaten uh, just the seed from last year, which was supposed to be eaten. But the seed we were supposed to plant for next year has been eaten and we've got nothing. And, 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 it, and we read in, in, in Joel chapter 1 verse 12 that everything, palm, apple, all the trees of the field dried up and gladness dries up. When you've wasted time, when it feels as though your life is just ticking on and, uh, and you feel as if time's gone by, gladness dries up. But then again, it's the prophetic word comes through Joel and, 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 and he says this to the people in chapter 2. He says, the threshing floors shall be full of grain. The vats shall overflow with wine and oil. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. Hear the word of the Lord, some of you. You think God's finished with you? He hasn't. You think you've missed your chance? You think you had that chance and it's passed you by? Hear the word of the Lord. The year that the locusts have eaten, He will restore to you. And restoration means more. Restoration means more than you've lost. Hear the word of the Lord. Remember the story Jesus told in Matthew 20 about the man who goes out, the master who goes out to employ servants and he starts off at the start of the day. Here you are, first thing in the morning. Will you come and work with me? Yes, we'll work with you. They work their socks off all day. But 10 minutes before the end of the day, he says to some other men, will you come and work with me? Yes, we'll work with you. They work hard for 10 minutes. At the end of the day, it's pay time. What pay do they get? They get the same pay. Do you understand? You can't look at somebody and say, wow, I could never be like them. I'll never get a reward like them. They've done everything right. I've done everything wrong. I've messed up so badly. Hear the word of the Lord. He will give you. He will give you the same pay as the person that you feel, wow, they've done something. You know, there's restoration. There's restoration. We cannot afford to be envious because he's so generous. It's not too late to be what you might have become. It's not too late to be happy, not depressed. It's not too late to be generous, not stingy. It's not too late to be authentic, not sarcastic. It's not too late to be relating rather than easily offended. It's not too late to be encouraging others rather than dependent upon others. It's not too late to be compassionate rather than avoiding others. Jesus, Lord of my time. I want to finish with this. When Jesus is Lord of your time, it means you capture the God moment, the brief moment of grace. Going back to the exiles again, there's a wonderful verse in Ezra 9, verse 8. And Ezra is talking, the teacher is talking to the survivors who've been called to rebuild the temple. And it says, but now, in the New Living Translation, but now we have been given a brief moment of grace. Is Jesus Lord of your time? Today, tomorrow, the day after, the next 40 days, the next year, the next 40, brief moment of grace. Understand, the thing about any moment is that it's brief. Uh, as a church community, let's capture the moment.
this brief moment of grace. Let's get involved in the things, even for this evening sight, talk about serving and get engaging in, in building community together. Let's throw our lot into that. Let's engage in the time of prayer and fasting, doing something, even if it's missing a meal a week, whatever it is, let's do something that we're engaging in that and not missing the moment of grace. You don't create the moment, he does. Uh, but you discern it and you step into it to benefit from it. There's something, a passage we read about in John 5 verse 4, which none of us understand. Uh, but there was a pool there. Sick people lay around the pool. And an angel would come, we read, and trouble the waters. And the first person to enter into the pool would be healed. Uh, but imagine being by the side of that pool, as Jesus discovered one man who'd been there for years, and, and, and never quite discerning the moment when the angel was troubling the waters. I want to say to you, you know, let's be a people who say, Jesus, you're Lord of my time, and I'm discerning right now what the Holy Spirit is doing. I'm discerning there's a troubling of the waters going on. There's something happening. There's something for me to step into tonight because the waters are troubled. I want to step into these troubled waters, and I believe that as I do, even depression can go, even physical sickness can go, but even, Lord, where there's been those battles and I've failed to recognize your presence with me, that can happen no more. I believe that as I step into the waters, my life can change as I declare even though I've declared it in the past I want to declare it again tonight Jesus you're Lord of my life Jesus you're Lord of my time you're Lord of my relationships I refuse to mess around at playing church I refuse to mess around at pretending to be a Christian building or a Christian who's building with wood hay stubble Jesus it changes tonight Jesus it's going to be different Jesus tonight I'm going to build with gold silver precious stones I'm going to put that effort in I'm going to be an authentic believer, not a superficial one, because you're at work in my life. How about we discern the moment? Jesus, Lord of my time. I'm going to be sensitive from the night to angelic beings. That, that I'm sensitive, moving of a spirit, the water's being troubled. Can, can, we, the, can we sing a song, musicians? Um, but... I just want us to, to step out, literally to step out, uh, and to see, if we just make a space here at the front, it's just to see that as, as the troubled waters, and say, so I just want to step into what you're doing. So can we, can we stand and, and, and sing, and let, let's, um, let's respond as the Spirit helps us. Christ is the first fruits of those that rise from the dead. Uh, but let's, let's just allow the resurrected king to resurrect us, that we wake up, O oh sleepers. I want to wake up. I don't want to be a sleeper. I'm here, I'm here giving my life to him again. And I'm saying, Lord, you're Lord of my time. And if you want to join me, just come out to front, and I just want to pray for those who come, and just pray for us all together. And just as a commitment, Lord, we're, we're giving our time to you. We're committing you as Lord of our time. Let's just, just come out, and let's just, just, just commit ourselves together to him in this, this, this altar, this pool of troubled water. Uh, and let's finish tonight as we do that.